Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, we're talking about planning that 2021 summer travel. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Not much travel in the last few weeks. However, I did receive my second Fauci ouchie and had zero side effects. No fever, no achy joints, no exhaustion. And I've come to this very non-scientific observation, actually two observations, when it comes down to coming down with COVID. First, do stupid things, and we've talked about this before, do stupid things, win stupid prizes. And second, I truly believe that a lot of it has to do with the genetics and or environmental factors when it comes to not catching COVID. In my whole life, I've never been a very sickly person. I don't use hand sanitizers. I don't wipe down the tops of beer cans before drinking them. I think I've gotten the flu shot once in my life. I think I was an adult and for some reason I was at the doctor for a checkup and I said, sure. And I don't think I've had the flu since I was probably eight or nine years old. When it comes to the environment, I've traveled for the last 21 years and I have been exposed to everything from germ-filled hotel rooms, airplane seat back trays that haven't been cleaned, rental cars that also haven't been cleaned. So I feel like I have a solid base of immunity built up. And for instance, we talked about this in the past. We had a guest at Chateau Relaxo and they were COVID positive. They had no idea. They didn't get the test results till later that night. I drank from the same glass that they had. We prepared food together. I didn't get sick and neither did any of the other four residents of Chateau Relaxo. Who knows, maybe we all ended up winning the genetic lottery but I think a lot of it has to do with the environment, your genetics, and what you actually do. And like I said, do stupid things, win stupid prizes. And the reason I got vaccinated was for one simple reason. My job requires meeting people face-to-face. And with the turn of the tide, we're doing more face-to-face meetings. And I didn't want or deter any of these meetings because I wasn't vaccinated. I wanted to give people a sense of calm that, hey, I'll wear a mask. I have no problem doing that, but I want them to know that I had been vaccinated. And again, this is never political. Uh, what I know about politics, you could put in a thimble and have room left over for most of China. I think all of us have to do what we feel is best for us and our families. And when it comes to summer travel, depending on your health beliefs, You can approach it from a wait and see perspective, which might make a little bit of sense, but from a booking perspective, I don't know if that's the best strategy. Airline prices are steadily increasing. Rental cars are expensive and in very short supply. In episode 139, we talked about that, that during the month of March, the cheapest rental car in Maui ran for $722 a day. So people being creative, what did they do? They started renting out U-Hauls for much cheaper. And there's also a shortage of Airbnb places, ever-increasing prices when it comes to Airbnb. A recent Airbnb report showed that based on U.S. guest bookings, 
rural stays near national and state parks, the Great Lakes, and the white sandy beaches are exploding compared with that of travel in 2019. Remember, we didn't do anything last summer. So compared to 2019, the most popular places are Whitefish, Montana, Panama City Beach, Florida, or as we like to call it, the Redneck Riviera, the whole Florida Panhandle, Hilton Head, South Carolina, Black Hills, South Dakota, Miramar Beach, Florida, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and Arcadia National Park. Three of those eight destinations are in Florida, and nowhere on that list is O-Town. Nowhere on that list is Orlando. No Disney World, no Universal, no SeaWorld. And are people looking to avoid crowds this year? Is that why they're heading to the state parks? Or have we suddenly become more fiscally responsible over the past 12 to 14 months? And here's why. In case you didn't know this, for Disney, a single day, single park ticket, one day, one park is anywhere from right around $110 to right around $160. A single day park, Hopper, where you can go from park to park, is anywhere from 175 to 225. And the price gap is based on a couple of things. One is, of course, being a Florida resident and also on what day of the year you plan to visit. So think of it as Uber surge pricing during a convention or during the Super Bowl. And because no one vacations at the Mouse House for just one day, they graciously offer a three day single park ticket. It starts at anywhere from 105 to 149 or a three-day park hopper, which runs you anywhere from 130 to 175 bucks a day. Now, if you're a Florida resident, there is an endless supply of ticket combos for multiple days, multiple parks. Over the past, we've done annual passes. We've done blackout dates. And what works best for us is a three-day park hopper. And the reason is we just prefer to hang out at downtown Disney. I think we're way past the stage of wanting to wait in lines and go on rides. We usually do the Epcot Food and Wine Festival and actually spend more time at Epcot than we do at any of the other parks. So back to the pricing. So for a family of four, a three-day park hopper visit will run you anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000. Now here's a Disney tip from a very non-Disney guy. Waiting to buy your park tickets when you arrive at the gate will, of course, be more expensive. Now, if you want to go across town to Universal Studios, it's very similar. A single-day, single-park ticket starts, again, at about 110, runs you just a little bit north of 130 on the high side. And these two parks are in fierce competition, so their pricing structure, their pricing strategy is going to be very similar. Again, figure on north of $1,500 for a family of four for a three-day visit. And all of that is before you pay to get there, you pay to stay, you buy food, souvenirs, the express lane passes, and on and on. And there are countless blogs. There's all kinds of Disney blogs and Universal blogs offering tips for saving money on everything from lodging to food to entertainment. However, you've got to be flexible and you've got to be willing to do some legwork or actually a lot of legwork to put it all together. So think of O-Town, think of just like Vegas, the house always wins, or in this case, the mouse house or universal O-Town always wins. But make no mistake about it, if you go, you will have a great time. There is nobody I've ever had heard of that having a really bad time at either location, but the key to it is you've got to make peace with the fact that you're going to basically open up your wallet to strangers and say, please, please help yourself. 
So according to CNN, 72% of Americans will make at least one trip this summer. I know for us that there will be at least one trip. More than likely, it will be a road trip like we talked about in episode 136. If I was hopping on a bird or if I was getting on a plane, I would go about it this way. Select a destination. Of course, that makes sense. In the past, our summer trip was often inspired by places that I had been to on business, and typically it was in the previous 12 months. And the reason is that it takes a whole lot for a town or a destination to come completely unwound in less than 12 months without it making the news or the headlines. This past year, most business travel has been local. I mean, I haven't been on a plane since February of 2020. So if I was flying this year, I would choose some place that I had been to in the past. It would be in the continental United States and not because I'm concerned about COVID, I'm vaccinated, the whole house is vaccinated. The reason I would stay stateside is this. I would be concerned that some foreign country might impose a random quarantine as soon as I arrive or as soon as I'm ready to depart. Of course, it makes more sense when I'm departing because why? Because that's quickly becomes a 10 to 14 day money grab as we would have to scramble to find lodging, food, etc. But that's my concern that I wouldn't be able to get back home. So at least if I'm stateside, worst case, I'll find a way to get back home. And the CEO and I discussed visiting Denver a few nights ago. Neither of us have been there. There's plenty to do. Mountains, fly fishing, rafting, food, and of course, a great craft beer environment. I offered up Seattle, Washington after my 2019 five-day business trip there. I was really enamored by the place. The downside is that Seattle is a haul roughly requiring a full day of travel, even with the three-hour time difference. Another thought was attending the Dave Matthews Band concert late July in either Raleigh or Charlotte, North Carolina. This is probably still on the table as we celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary right around those dates. O-Town to Raleigh, according to Google, is an eight and a half hour drive, which translates to at least 10 hours or longer, possibly because the CEO has never visited south of the border. Southwest Airlines offers up at most two direct flights each day. And Southwest flights are really changing their uh, timetables. I've got a co-worker flying in to Atlanta in a couple weeks, and it's actually requiring two stops. But the advantage to that would be to fly to Raleigh, adding an extra day or two onto the trip to fit around Southwest's new schedule. Charlotte, if we want to go see DMB up in Charlotte, Google weighs in at about seven and a half hours. Truer would be eight and a half to nine hours. Southwest can get me there in under five hours for, get this, 100,000 points. Yes, 100,000 points. Of course, the CEO flies free because of the companion pass. If I wanted to open my wallet like I was in Disney World or Universal Studios, it would be $1,100 for each one of us. So the advantage on Charlotte would be a road trip. I'll let you know what we decide. And here's one takeaway from the last 12 to 14 months. I've become more engaged when using or spending my hotel and airline points. Four or five years ago, if a family member or even a friend needed a hotel room or a flight, I was like Oprah, here's a voucher, here's a voucher. Everybody gets a voucher. In 2021, I'm a little bit more stingier even with my own personal travel. And thinking back to 2019, I spent over 225 nights in hotels, 50 flights, 22 rental cars. So between credit card points and travel loyalty points, 
I got a huge deposit every single month in my travel bank account. Over the past 15 months, like I said a minute ago, I've taken zero flights. There's been less than 150 nights in hotel rooms. So let's just say that my travel point bank account is feeling a bit of a pinch. Now, one trip that we do have planned is a visit back to Greenville, South Carolina. This isn't our first or even our second visit there, but it will be the first time that Greenville will be base camp. And we'll have our car so we can make day trips in and out. If you've never been to Greenville, it is worth at least one multi-day stay. There's plenty of great food there. There's a place called the Falls Park. There's the Reedy Bridge area, complete with a Hampton Inn that overlooks the park. They do offer their mice on main scavenger hunts, which is like, I think a dozen or so little brass mice hidden along Main Street, similar to the hidden Mickey's at the Mouse House. So back to planning the 2021 summer travel, especially a destination that involves a flight. This would be my strategy. This would be my thoughts. Decide on a handful, yes, a handful of destinations. What are the dates? Are they flexible? What do I really want to do when I get there? And how many people do I want to bring? And that's nothing that out of the ordinary. Then to narrow down my destinations, and this may seem weird, but I would make sure that my destinations has a rental car that I can actually rent and that I can actually afford. Yep, the 2021 travel motto for summer travel is, will there be a rental car? So why the shortage? Glad you asked. Chips not potato but microchips car manufacturers are having a hard time keeping up with the demand due to the global shortage of microchips how does it make it tough for the rental car companies glad you asked that many rental car companies sold off anywhere from 40 to 50 percent of their fleets last year due to the pandemic put on your way back hat may 2020 business insider reported that more than 20 yellow and black striped 2019 Corvette Z06s were for sale on Hertz's own car sale website. At the time, the Hertz website had them priced at right around 60 grand, well below the $80,000 price that the car was getting on AutoTrader. Needless to say, they sold out in less than a day. And according to Yahoo Finance, these are the worst cities for rental car shortages. Number one on the list, Denver, Colorado. So strike that as our summer destination. Las Vegas. And as many times as I've been to Vegas, I've never rented a car. And Vegas is completely doable without a rental. Besides, the only reason that anybody goes to Vegas is what? The casinos and the shows. And if you're so inclined to visit the Hoover Dam, there's plenty of bus tours that will take you there and back. Honolulu and Maui, Hawaii also made the list and a recent Hawaiian website posted that all rental cars are booked until early August. Anchorage, Alaska, Miami, of course, Los Angeles, Seattle. So we can strike that as a summer destination for us and Phoenix. And a few weeks ago, Forbes posted an article. This startup company has a fix for the car rental shortage, and it is a company called Avail. And Avail is nothing more than a car sharing service created for people like you and me. No upselling, no tire spikes, just clean, safe cars when you need them. And the value statement from Avail is reservation guaranteed. So think back to the infamous Seinfeld episode, your car is always ready to go when you arrive. Full coverage included, so no more choosing insurance plans at the counter. 
full coverage from Allstate included with every single trip. And of course, honest pricing, upfront affordable pricing with no surprises at checkout. So I did a quick internet search about Avail and the jury is still out. Folks that are offering up their cars for car sharing are complaining about Avail's slow pay. And those renting are complaining about the condition of the cars, even down to the fact that several of them smelt like marijuana. And I talked to a neighbor down the street the other day and they do have a September trip planned to Hawaii. And the very first thing they did was book their rental car, then the airlines and then the hotel. And of course, if that's not enough, there is an endless amount of car rental scams out there. So three thoughts on that. Stick with the major brands. If you're using Google for car rental search, avoid the ones listed in the sponsored ads. These are typically the first few results returned and will generally have the word ad denoted in the hyperlink. And here's a biggie. Don't pay for your rental with a prepaid debit or gift card. And for that matter, don't use your traditional debit card either to pay for a car reservation. Use a credit card. At least you've got something to fall back on if things go sideways. So I think the best strategy is to shortlist your summer destinations, find out what rentals are available and the cost. And if that's not acceptable, find a destination that can be done with mass transit, Uber or Lyft. There's Chicago, there's Atlanta, there's Nashville. You can fly into Hartsfield Atlanta Airport, take MARTA up to downtown. And from there, MARTA goes north, south, east, west. I don't think Atlanta is one of those towns where it requires a rental car. And I think it's probably more of a hassle trying to find a place to park. Nashville is another one of those towns that you don't need a rental car to do it. You can take Uber from the airport to downtown. And from there, there's plenty of transit and Uber and Lyft to get you wherever you want to go. And think about it, summer travel isn't going to be cheap. According to Trip Actions, the median round trip fare has climbed 12% to $357 since the first quarter of 2021. I can't remember my last sub $400 round trip ticket. So I think I would be pretty happy if I had to stroke down 350 bucks for a round trip ticket. Hotel occupancy rates are also increasing. And with that comes what? A pricing increase as well. So plan, plan, and then plan some more. Closing with this for you die hard road warriors. We all know it, perks are a big deal. From upgraded Wi-Fi, free parking, concierge lounge, all these things have value. And if you're on a per diem, some of those perks translate into money in our pocket. And over the past year, a lot of those perks have disappeared, and of course, understandably. And as we begin to travel more and more, not all those perks have been so quick to return. And if you're a Marriott fanboy, one of those perks has been the free breakfast for elite members. Have no fear, because on July 1st, Marriott will require that all eligible hotels provide breakfast to elite members. And the word eligible is in there because guess what? Not all Marriott properties require that. And this means gone is the point credit to your Marriott point bank in lieu of having breakfast. And honestly, four or 500 points in my account really isn't that much of a game changer. I need 15, 20, 30,000 points to really get my attention. And as a Marriott Lifetime Platinum Elite, whatever that entitles me to, I've had more than my share of breakfast at Marriott properties. 
And there are only two locations that I would ever rave about the breakfast. First, full service Marriott in Mobile, Alabama. And the second is the Marriott Courtyard in Duluth, Georgia. While the hotel is completely banged up and in dire need of a complete makeover, they do have one of the better breakfasts. And currently most courtyards now offer their bistro service instead of a full service breakfast. So I don't think we're missing out on a whole bunch, but however, the internet travel sphere was all up in arms about Marriott not bringing back the breakfast or the elite breakfast so quickly. So again, have no fear, just a couple weeks, July will be here and you can have your square eggs and your burnt toast. Well, that's it for tonight. Thanks for listening. If you want detailed show notes, links, pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. That's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. If you'd like, leave me a voicemail at Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.